Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode nine of Chasing Banners. I am your host, Dante Toro, aka Dante on Deck. You can follow me on Twitter at Dante on Deck. I am joined by my co-host, the one and the only, Ryan Sheehan. Ryan, what's up, man? Nothing, Dante. I went to work today, and when I worked today, when I went to work today, <laughs> I went in with the intentions of having a good day because I knew we would get to this point during the day, and I knew I would get to my favorite time, one of my favorite times of the week, which is this time set up to talk about the Celtics with you. So I am so hyped to get this going. You see me dancing, bro. Oh, bro, so you're, you're all giddy. You're hyped ready to <laughs> yeah. go. I mean, I was asleep for a second, but now I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is why Monday, everyone hates Mondays, but we love Mondays because we get to put out Chasing Banners, our yep. second podcast. We have this. We have Hoops Caviar, which we recorded a few days ago. Chasing Banners, we're back. We took a little break. Uh, me and you have been kind of run down. We've been kind of going it's been hot. The humidity is getting to us. We just needed a little time off, but we're back. Episode 9, a.k.a. the Rajon Rondo episode. One of the best Celtics point guards in Celtics history. Um, major part of uh, Banner 17 being brought to Boston back in 08. Rajon Rondo is missed by Celtics fans. I hate that he's a Laker, but he did a lot for Boston, I so I will... I will kind of give him uh, some leeway there. But we have a great episode lined up because usually we have topics about, you know, what's going on with the Celtics. We like to talk about all this breaking news, all these things. But this week we actually have something really cool to talk about, this creative idea that we have come up with. And we decided to do a top five, uh, top five Celtics moments of the last 20 years. Not in Celtics history. I'm 22. Ryan, you're 21. I'm We're 22. Young. You're 22. Okay. I am 22. 22. Okay. <laughs> I thought I was a little older than you. We're both 22. That's perfectly fine. That's I've known beautiful. you for so long. And I thought you were 21, but we're 22 nope. years old. <laughs> we're 22 years old. Uh, so obviously we haven't experienced much of, you know, uh, Boston sports. Um, we're still very young. So we're doing the last 20 years, or, I mean, you can really say of, the best Celtics moments of our lifetime, yep. really. Um, and I thought it would just be a cool, just cool discussion. Just, you know, just hearing what our top five moments are, explaining the reason why, and just, you know, getting to hear, getting some feedback, what people think their uh, top five moments are. I'll probably throw an article this week and try to see what people, you know, get their feedback, see what they think. Um, but yeah, Ryan, uh, I want you I want you to start it off this week. I want to hear. Right. We're going to go from five to one, save the best for last. Um, I have my top five. Ryan has his. We went over this. We uh, had a little discussion of what we were thinking. Ryan, I'm excited to hear what you have. So start it off, man. What do you, what do you got at number five for us? All right. So up at number five, this is going to be quite shocking because it actually resulted in a loss. But since I love this dude so much, and since the episode is named after him, I have to bring up my guy, Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo, back in 2012, went up against the Miami Heat, LeBron James, the big and strong Rajon Rondo, took him into overtime 
which resulted in 115-111 loss. But he accounted for 44 points, 8 rebounds, 10 assists, 3 steals. Now, the only thing, like not even the only thing, the reason why he played so good is because he played all 53 minutes, right? He shot 16 of 24 from the field, which is about 67%, 2 of 2 from the three-point land, which is not Rondo-like, and 20, <laughs> 10 of 12 at the free-throw line. He was an absolute god. And for the reason why he's called playoff Rondo, that is one of the reasons why. He is an absolute animal. And I remember watching this game, and I was like, up in the room I'm in right now, actually. I used to have a box TV up here. Like, my bed used to be over there. This is my old room. But I remember watching that game, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, he's doing it all by himself, basically, right now. This guy's, like, going in. And then they ended up losing because LeBron, you know, was just being LeBron. He came in clutch at the end. They were all just playing well, just couldn't fall their way. So, yeah, it resulted in a loss, but that is one of my top five just because of the performance of Rajon Rondo. The next one. That oh, let I, me let me. Uh, you want we'll to go, go back and forth? We'll go back and forth just all to right. kind of give a little. You know, we'll we'll have our a little discussion here and there. I like that. I was we'll, rushing into it. I no, got so excited. No, and then we'll both keep with both of our number ones. Listen, I'm excited to get to this too. This is this is a lot of fun. This is going to be a really cool discussion. Um, my number five is Al Horford signing with the Boston Celtics in free agency. Al Horford signing with the Boston Celtics. It was in the summer of 2016. This was the free agency class that was highlighted by Kevin Durant and everyone not knowing what he was going to do, whether he was going to stay in Oklahoma City. He had met with Boston. He met with Golden State. It was just a whole whole ordeal. I remember literally like not sleeping and just constantly refreshing my phone, seeing where the guy would go. But Al Horford signed with Boston. What's so great about this is Boston has never been known as a team that went out and got free agents. They always would just strike out on signing people. They'd always get their superstars through trades. I mean, the championship that the Boston Celtics won, the only championship they've won in years, they traded for both Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen. So, I mean, right there, and they traded for Rajon Rondo. They didn't even draft him. He got drafted by the Phoenix Suns, and they traded for him then. Al Horford, and I remember, like, this is one of those, like, signings. This is a day that I, like, I remember where I was when this happened, like, what I was doing. I was at Red Robins. I was with my friends getting dinner and, you know, tweeted what was just talking about. Uh, Boston, it was between the Hawks, him resigning with the Hawks, who had offered him a max deal, or they were going to move some things around so they could give him a max deal. Boston and Washington. I remember Adrian Wojnarowski was talking about, Boston and Washington had rapidly lost hope of Al Horford leaving the next Nets. Uh, the Hawks, not the Nets. He wasn't going to go to the Nets. They lo- were losing hope that he was going to resign with the Hawks. And that was just like, oh, no, like, this is awful because Kevin Durant wanted to play with Al Horford. The, there was a rumor that that's one guy that he wanted to be paired with. So, if you know, he signed wherever, there was a good chance that that team was also going to go after Kevin Durant as well. And then literally – Literally, like, five, ten minutes later, all of a sudden, it was like the Celtics have signed Al Horford to a max contract. I was freaking out. I was so hyped because that's not something that I had really experienced, the Celtics giving a max contract out to someone. You could make the argument whether or not Al Horford deserved a max contract, but at that time, the Celtics were in need of another all-star type of player. It got them closer 
it gave them a better chance of signing Kevin Durant. Obviously, that didn't happen. But when that happened, when Al Horford signed, my hopes of signing Kevin Durant skyrocketed. So for that, like, few days, those few weeks, uh, I was, like, on cloud nine. Um, but to me, that's number five. I mean, Al Horford, he was just a stand-up, a stand-up guy when he was in Boston. I mean, he did nothing wrong. He did – he. He filled his role. He did everything that was asked of him. He was never like a superstar. Like he's not asked to go out and drop, give you 20, 30 points a night. He was very well-rounded player, was a Joel Embiid stopper in the playoffs, showed up big in the playoffs, did what he had to do. And um, it's upsetting that he's not in Boston now because if I think he was, the Celtics would be, you know, just on another level. But that's a topic for another day. So number five, uh, Al Horford signing with the Celtics in free agency. I absolutely loved Al Horford on the Celtics. No complaints. Like, it, it was yeah, nothing no, bad to it say was, about the guy. It was no complaints at all. Like my only complaint is why did you go to the team you went to? And it completely hurt his career, Money, honestly, bro. in my opinion. Money, bro. And he my, thought the Sixers were gonna be better than they were. Obviously, we know the Sixers aren't didn't um live up to their expectations. They're kinda like the Boston Celtics of last year when you know, we had Kyrie and everyone, and everyone was just like, yeah, like, screw the regular season, just make it to the finals where it's Celtics-Warriors, and they lost in the second round. So it was just kind of like high expectations from the jump. Didn't live up to them. Uh, but, you know, Al Horford is going to be making a lot of money until he's very old. So he chased the bag. He got it. Good for him. Can't, can't, uh, can't uh, say anything bad about a guy that just wants his money. So yeah, true. It is what it is. Yep. It is what it is. And it worked um, out for us. So Yeah, I wish out. him I wish him the best. Nothing the best. no really hard feelings, just Philly sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. Tell me something I don't know, Ryan. My number four coming in. Hot <laughs> at number four. I talked about it with you before this. Uh, actually, not really. Actually, yeah. All right. So <laughs> I so I changed my mind because I had a different okay. order coming in. And I am actually putting Game three of the 2002 Eastern Conference Finals at number four, Mr. Paul the Truth Pierce. Mm -hmm. My man was a dog. He scored 19 points in the fourth quarter. The Celtics outscored the New Jersey Nets 41 to 16 in a 94 to 90 win, giving the Celtics a two to one lead in that series. Now, Paul Pierce is so disrespected among everyone. I don't care. Among everyone. Maybe I don't give him enough respect he deserves. He's, he's a god to me. Um, he, that is one of the reasons why 2000s basketball was so fun to watch because Paul Pierce was an absolute dog. You could not stop him. When he was hot, you were not containing him. LeBron has said it before, his greatest rival was Paul Pierce. And Paul Pierce was not an easy man to play. Give my man some respect. Paul Pierce, thank you for game three of the 2002 Eastern Conference Finals because that's one of the reasons why I love you. And that's it, Dante. It was like a crazy statistic. It was like zero teams had won a playoff game by being down that many points. Uh, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention. It was – I think it was um, – I'm sorry. It was how much they were down? 24, 26 26 points? in the third. That, that's what it was. All right. Yeah. So they absolutely balled out. They were like the first team in history to come back from being down 
that many points to win a playoff game. I mean, I feel like Paul Pierce isn't uh, talked about enough because his best years was when, like, it was the Celtics' dark years. Like, it was kind of right. like the early 2000s. I mean, he got – this dude got stabbed 11 times and played the entire <laughs> regular season after, and he was a stud. Like, the guy was just one of the best scorers in NBA history, just – one of those, he's a leader because he never left Boston. He always stuck, he always stood by the team, went yep. through hell, and then obviously it paid off in the long run when he finally got help and the Celtics delivered on uh, championship number 17. I should also know, I forgot to mention before, our lists are not going to consist of the Celtics winning banner number 17 in 2008 because that's kind of a gimme. It really is a gimme. I mean, that would be on top of everyone's list, especially us, because that's the only championship that we've seen the Celtics win. So that's just kind of like, you know, it's an easy one. So we're just leaving that one off um, just in case people are like, oh, why didn't they mention them winning the championship? Like, we know that's a top moment, but, like, it's too easy. So with my number four pick, I have Jason Tatum dunking on LeBron during the 2018 playoffs Eastern Conference Finals Game 7. Now, the Celtics went on to lose this game. Fun fact, uh, Jason Tatum dunked on LeBron, hit a three the next play, and did not even get to shoot the ball for the remaining six minutes of that game, and the Celtics went on to lose that game. Absolutely devastating. That's still a game that, you know, we won out with they, whoever won, the Cavs obviously faced the Warriors that year. Whatever team won that series was going to go face the Warriors and most likely lose. It's just the fact that the Celtics could have made it to the finals with such a young team. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier. I mean, Al Horford was there, but just those three were really just running the offense. That just would have been so amazing for all of them just to get that experience. So that game, uh, it still stings that we lost. I remember game six, I was in Buffalo Wild Wings and LeBron James just like, went on an absolute tear to close the game and I almost like yep. fell out of my seat because I was just like wow I could have saw this coming from a mile away but it was actually happening um but Jace Tatum dunkle on LeBron I say that and I put it on my list because I feel like even though Jace Tatum had a very strong playoff run as a rookie that dunk put him on the map right like that got people talking about Jace Tatum I was like okay yeah this kid's averaging 18 19 in the playoffs but this kid just dunked on LeBron, got in his face, like put his chest up against him. Like this kid is like, you know, he showed something and he's here to stay. And that was just the sign of things to come. And that's still, that video is still played. Like there's anniversary tweets, like whenever it's like two year anniversary of this dunk, like it is going to be on every single one of his highlight reels. It probably might end up being like, it'll always probably be top three on his like career highlights. So he says he has a poster. He has it in his like house of that dunk. Like that was just such an iconic moment. And although we lost that game, it put Tatum on the map and it got people saying, wow, this kid can play. And obviously we know now that the kid can play. I mean, LeBron calls him an absolute problem because that's what he is. Um, so yeah, I went nuts when that happened, dude. It was like crazy. I was yelling moment. at the TV. It was such was a like, close. It was such a close game, and then Marcus Morris was screaming at LeBron after. Like that was just like yeah. His teammates were in on it. Like it was, and just he went up to him, and he like he bumped, he bumped, him he bumped his too. chest into him, bro. Like that was such a hype moment. Like for a nineteen-year-old 
to do that, bro. Like that is, He's 19. He's still 19 to a lot of Boston <laughs> fans. He was 19. I think actually he may have been 20 at the time, but he was he's always going to be 19 to Boston fans. So just being such a young age and just making a statement like that, like unreal. So my number four is uh, Jason Tatum dunking on LeBron James. Coming in at number three for me is having to do with Banner 17. And it is the Celtics 24-point comeback victory over the Los Angeles Lakers at the Staples Center in Game 4 of the NBA Finals where the series could have went 2-2 two to two, and the Celtics stormed back and took a 3-1 series lead in the Finals. 24 points. That. I think it is I yeah, I think it is still the record too for the largest comeback win in the NBA finals. Twenty-four points. It's unbelievable. Because if you think about it, the Lakers were hosting the next game too. Uh So game five, if game five was there and they take a three-two series lead, oh, it's a whole different story in that series. Uh So the Celtics really opening it up and giving themselves some breathing room was very, very helpful and good for them because in the end, they obviously won four to two, but it, I mean, um, yeah, four to two, but it really gave them some breathing room. Do you know the amount of mental toughness they must've had to be able to be down by that much in the finals? That's why and that so, team is so even they incredible. Were up two, one, like they're like, okay, like at least it'll still be tied. Like, it's not like they go down, like they're down 24 points. That's like, I mean, I've like we've seen teams like when we just mentioned the Boston Celtics coming back against the Nets. Like we've seen teams come back by that much, but in the finals, like in that situation, being away, especially in LA, like that's that's something Wait. I feel like people don't Oof. talk about nearly as much as they should. Like that is like probably the biggest win of that series. I mean, that's basically what won them the championship. Because, so, like you said, it goes to two-two. You're in LA the next game. LA did win that next game because it went three-two going back to Boston for Game Six where they, event, they ended up winning by 40 points. But, like, it's tied. That's a whole new mindset for the Lakers. Like, they're not down 3-1. That's tied 2-2. And if they win that game, they're the ones that have all the leverage there. So, yeah, that was a crazy, crazy game. That's a great pick, too, Ryan. That was against Kobe. That was against Lamar. MVP Kobe. Yeah, MVP. That, that was against Pac Saul. Like, there's just so many guys on that team that were good. Could you imagine if the Lakers won that series, uh, won the finals that year, and Kobe would have gotten a three-peat, yep, a second six, three-peat without and Shaq, six. and he had six. Yeah, that would have been a whole – that would have been a game-changer in the history books. Yep. People were talking about Kobe. Uh, they would put him a lot higher on their all-time list if people don't have him already, like, you know, what at top three or whatever. I have him in my top ten, but he probably would be higher if he won that series. But he didn't. Celtics won. All good. Uh, My number three is – my number three goes to one of my favorite Celtics players, if not my favorite Celtics player of all time. Isaiah Thomas dropping 53 points in game two of the Eastern Conference semifinals against the Wizards in 2017. 29 of those points came in the fourth quarter in an overtime, and it put them up two to nothing in that series. That series ended up going seven games. but Isaiah Thomas, it was also the day of his sister's China's birthday, and she had tragically passed away right before the 2017 playoffs began. I'm pretty sure it happened like a day or the night before game one of the first series against um, Chicago it was. 
that was like heartbreaking. I mean, just everything around it, just like the way it happened, um, you know, just it's so, just sad. Just the fact that a player is able to mentally, you know, still go out there and play basketball. I mean, that's the one thing that really got his mind off of things and kind of gave him some sort of peace. Of what, like that was the one place where he could just clear his mind and just do what he does and play basketball. But still, like for him to go out and do that in honor of his sister and not for nothing in game one of that series, he three of his teeth got broken literally like, and I think it was in the first quarter of that series of game one. And they didn't even know if he was going to play uh, in game two, but he decided to play still and he drops 53 points, 29 in the fourth quarter. Like, it's just one of those games for the history books. Like, it's just such a memorable – Isaiah Thomas was only in Boston for two and a half years, but it's the stuff that he did in those two and a half years is what makes him, like – Iconic. An icon. He's a Boston legend. In my book, he's a Boston legend. Just, he is. He, that series, him playing through what he was going through. He was going through a hip injury as well, played through it, literally gave blood, sweat, and tears to this team like literally like people say like yeah, they have blood sweat and tears like it's a common saying but he literally gave everything he ever had to this franchise and you know that's why he's loved to this day still I mean Isaiah Thomas is probably honestly like I talk about this all the time like my I think of my favorite players of all time like two people that come to mind are Allen Iverson and Isaiah Thomas like yep. just guys at that height the guy Isaiah Thomas, I'm probably the same height as him. Like, he's listed at, like, 5'11", 6 feet. But that's what shoes. Like, you know this guy is really, like, 5'9", like, 5'8", 5'9". And the fact that he's able to go out there and he was able to do what he did, put on the performances that he did, like, it's just unmatched. He's just – he gave everything to Boston, and that's why I love him so much. That's why Boston still love him. But for my number three, that was Isaiah Thomas dropping 53 points, just a game – that we will never, ever forget. Ever. Yep. And honestly, people like outside of Boston don't really understand why Boston is so in love with them and why IT is so in love with Boston. It's just the city and him went through and like the fan base went through so much together. And like together, that connection yeah. he brought and like the way he revived Boston basketball was incredible. Like it took, it took a 5'9" point guard to come in there and revive Boston he basketball. He came to Boston during I of a rebuild. He got traded from Phoenix. I remember sitting in the parking during lot a rebuild. about to get a haircut. And I'm like, it was a trade deadline. It was like 10 minutes after. And, you know, sometimes trades, it takes a little bit to go through because the NBA has to approve of them. And they were like, oh, the Celtics may have done something. And I saw Celtics trade Marcus Thornton in a pick for Isaiah Thomas. And I was like, you know what? I like Isaiah Thomas. He's a good scorer. Let's see what happens. The Celtics won from a team that were not even close to making the playoffs. They weren't going to make the playoffs that year. They made the playoffs. Sure, they got beat by the Cavs. They got beat by LeBron first round. The fact that this guy just came in and says, like, you know what, guys, screw it. Like, I'm, we're turning this franchise around. First game against the Lakers, the guy gets ejected. I was just like, wow. This is what, like, the guy went off and then he gets ejected. They end up losing that game, but it's like, this is this guy brings heart to the team. Like this is something we haven't seen in a while. And then next year, 
he does what he does. And he had an MVP. He came. He was fifth, fifth in MVP, MVP voting. He was top three for me. I don't year. even care. I he, think well, about, it's just like they were the oh, number I'll, one I'll, seed. I'll mention it. I'm, yeah, yeah they going, were the number going. one seed in the East that year. Like 29 points. Just, just the, the, the fact that he was able to do what he did year-round at his height, pound for pound, that's just so incredibly impressive. And that's just – it's just one of the best seasons that we that, that will ever see. It's amazing that we got to be like living in uh, like during a time where we could remember Isaiah Thomas's time and, and what he did yeah. for the team. It's, it's incredible. Like and I'm that, so happy. I got to see that. That team, like those teams that he was on were just so memorable. Like we didn't nope. win anything. We didn't go to the finals, nothing like that, but just, it was so fun watching him. He just, he had so much heart. He had so much drive. He had so much energy. He didn't care that the Celtics were trying to rebuild. He was like, no, I'm coming in and we're going to win. And that's why I respect so much about him. That's why I love him. And I'd love to see him back in the Celtics jersey one day. All he wanted was a shot and he got it and he took it. Literally, bro. He needed one opportunity. The Celtics gave it to him. That's why he loves Boston so much. Yeah, he got traded, but he still says it's all love. They gave him an opportunity and he made a name for himself because of it. So I say he's shout out IT for it. I say he's top three just because of everything you said, like the stats he put up. Like he was dropping twenty nine a game almost. Stats don't and do it justice. I, bro. I, and no, it doesn't. It's just you have you had to watch him and the way he played, the heart he showed up with everything, dude. Like he was the single most important player in the league at that time because mm-hmm. without Isaiah Thomas, without what, Isaiah Thomas, what are the, the Boston ass, Celtics, dude? They were they what are so bad. what are the Boston Celtics without Isaiah Thomas? A shit team. Mm-hmm. A shit team, a bunch of role yeah. players. The next best player would have been Al Horford, and then after that you got Jay Crowder, Avery Bradley. Yep. And they're solid role players, but they're not guys that are going to lead you to a playoff win or anything like that. Single most important player in the league at that time. Has to yep. be, just because of all the factors. But Absolutely. I'm going to move on. My number two coming in on the list is not, isn't even a game, but a trade, which involves the big three. And involves two of the most important guys of that trio, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, getting traded on draft night back in 2013 in a trade that would become one of the worst in history (laughs) for the Nets because they got absolutely robbed by the Celtics. Absolutely robbed, except for the last part of, of it. Like you could say it didn't really work out. But we are still experimenting to see what it will be. But on draft night, these Celtics traded away Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Jason Terry to the Nets for Gerald Wallace, Chris Humphreys, Kardashian, Marshawn <laughs> Brooks, Keith Bogans, and Chris Joseph, and three unprotected picks. Three unprotected first-round draft picks, which later turned out to be James Young, Everyone knows how much we love <laughs> and what he was able to turn out. Ben Simmons to. giving the fist pump when they drafted him. Yeah, <laughs> James Young, man. No I wish, I wish, man. You were supposed to be the steal of the draft, and you broke my heart, man. The next pick that came in was in 2016, which turned into no other than Mr. VP Juice, Jalen Brown. Uh-huh. Jalen Brown is a stud so we're going to see how that turns out with his wingman 2017 first round pick jason tatum both number three picks by the way uh-huh. both three 
three leaf clover. Just putting that out there. Luck of the Celtics. Luck of the Irish, baby. Oh, yeah. And then this turned out 2018 first round pick used to acquire Kyrie Irving from the Cavaliers. And we know what happened with that. And we don't really need to get into it because we don't have to. to get into it. We don't have but to. we are still waiting to see how that trade turns out. But it is still known as one of the most lopsided trades in NBA history because we got to see what really happened when we let Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett go to the Brooklyn Nets. And that was supposed to be a super team itself with Darren Williams, Joe Johnson, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett. Um, and I, I'm obviously forgetting a person right now. But did you say Brooke Lopez? Uh, I did not. He was their, he was their center. Yeah, yeah Brooke, Brooke Lopez. Lopez. And, uh, yeah, so we see how that turned out. And now we see how it's turning out for us. We had one little bump in the road, but other than James overall. Young. But other than that, we're doing overall pretty yeah. good from that trade. So that is my number two. Well, Ryan, this is where we're going to have to agree here on our picks because this is the one pick where we're actually going to have the same one. Because at number two, I have the Brooklyn trade as well because this think about it this way if Danny Ainge didn't trade Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett they would have retired Celtics great but their rebuild would have been they would have had nothing they would have had absolutely nothing to work with they would have been stuck they probably still would be be rebuilding at this point I mean if we're going to be quite honest with you they would have had no pieces to really work with they would have had nothing it just no Jalen Brown no Jason Tatum no pick that turned into that led to a Kyrie Irving trade that although it didn't work out, it really gave the Celtics relevancy. And, you know, it's one of those trades that like it didn't work out, but you look back on it. It's a trade that Danny Ainge probably would make 10 times over again. I mean, yep. it, it's just, it, it's just why it, it, that's just how it is because Isaiah Thomas was injured. Kyrie Irving was Kyrie Irving. We obviously didn't know what would have happened in the long run, but that Brooklyn Nets trade just, Man, they really screwed themselves. What a trade. They gave up three unprotected picks for two guys that were already one foot out of the door when it came to, like, you know, retirement. Like, Kevin Garnett retired a little earlier than Paul Pierce. I think it was a year or two earlier. Um, But Paul Pierce, they didn't even stay in Brooklyn. Uh, For, like, two years. Yeah, Kevin Garnett ended up going back to Minnesota, and Paul Pierce went to the Wizards and then then the Clippers eventually. Hit a clutch. Hit a clutch playoff. He had some great moments in Washington. I will give him that. Um, But just the Brooklyn Nets just said, here, here's your future. Here's a future for your aging aging legends. And you know what? One day, uh, Paul Pierce's jersey has already been retired. Kevin Garnett's next. They're going to get honored. They're always going to be Boston legends, but they were the jump start uh, to, you know, the, the Celtics are where they are now because of that trade. So we have, yep. we have Danny Ainge. At the time, a lot of people were pissed because, you know, they traded away. I was sad. Dude, I was, I mean, for good reason. I mean, you, they traded My away our childhood. Ever. Those yep. were our childhood. That's like when we started watching basketball. Like for me, I started watching basketball um, in 07, 08, when they got, I started watching basketball when I started playing basketball, which is in fourth grade. And that was the year that they got Kevin Garnett, Royale, and they won the championship. So great year to start watching basketball. But those are the guys I started, like, I grew up on. Like, those are the guys like Celtics that Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, like, that was them. So training them was tough, but it all worked out. 
Um, so people shit on Danny Ainge, but we look back and it's like, that's what makes him one of the best champs in the league. He saw, yep. he saw something in those picks. He knew like, Hey, unprotected the Brooklyn Nets aren't the, at new, the New Jersey net or were they Brooklyn? I think they were Brooklyn at that time. I think they were Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, they were like, uh, I think they were, um, they're like, you know what? They're not going to be good for a while. Sure. They might make the playoffs this year, maybe the next year, but it's not going to happen up until 2016, 2017. So Shout out Danny Ainge, shout out Brooklyn for making that trade with us uh, because I am very happy with what we have now and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I was super sad when that trade happened because Paul Pierce was actually my childhood hero. He's like, like he was my favorite player in any sport. And like, I would wear like 34 for my CYO team because of him. And like Mm -hmm. any team I was on, I was trying to get 34. But I mean, if you think of your favorite Celtics players of all time, you're probably Paul Pierce is probably going to be on everyone's like top five list. Yeah, it has to be. T- especially if you're younger, like us, like Paul Pierce, man, he's the truth. Yep. He's the truth. He is the truth. And coming in at number one for my list is something you already mentioned and we can agree on, but in different spots on our list is the Isaiah Thomas 53 point game against the wizards on his sister's birthday after she had died before the playoffs had started. And I, you know, this was one of the reasons, like, we already mentioned it and talked about it, but it truly is my number one. Um, the other ones I could probably mess around with, but except for number five with this, the Rondo one. This one, like, without a doubt, because I've never seen a performance like that. Any player who just, for the Celtics, who just absolutely popped off was on a different level with everything in his heart, everything going on in his head, his family, and he put it all on the court. And he absolutely showed why he was the perfect example of a Boston Celtic. Mm-hmm. And this is a perfect example of why everyone loves him so much. Like, this is the reason why he's a Boston icon. Like, again, like, Isaiah Thomas... I have his jersey hanging up on my wall still. Isaiah Thomas, people have to understand in those two and a half years, Isaiah Thomas, like one of the best runs like a player has, even though he didn't win a title, he didn't do, he finished fifth in MVP voting. It's just what he was able to do with his size, who he was, where he was picked last in the draft. Mm -hmm. The team he went to during a rebuild wasn't even supposed to turn around the team and he did that and he completely lifted up a city. Completely lifted up a city. And I love Isaiah Thomas till I die. One of my favorite players ever. And you can't forget, when he got traded to Boston initially, he was just a sixth man. And he exactly. Celtics to the playoffs. I'm pretty sure Marcus Smart was the starting point guard at the time. And then they eventually turned Isaiah Thomas into the starter the next year. Like, I have Isaiah Thomas's jersey hanging up on my wall. It's been hanging up for years. And it's probably not going to leave. It's one of my favorite jerseys. I never... Fun fact about me, I never liked buying NBA jerseys, like legit jerseys, because especially at the time, like years ago, Danny Ainge was in the middle of his, like, he was just trading guys left and right. He'd probably yep. do 10, 15 trades a year. So it's just like, you'd buy a jersey. I have an RJ Hunter jersey, and he's not, obviously that didn't work out. Like, he had players that you'd get, uh, that you have, you'd love them, and then, you know what, they could get traded away. The only Celtics jerseys that I have besides RJ Hunter, like I mentioned, are Marcus Smart and Isaiah Thomas. Like those are my two favorite Celtics of all time. 
uh, Marcus Smart's still around. That's great. But Isaiah Thomas, like, he is just such a Boston icon. Flipped this Boston team upside down. Just changed the culture. And like we mentioned earlier, if Isaiah Thomas wasn't on that team, those teams, where would the Celtics have been? They where would they be now? Exactly. You know what I mean? He was just such a – he just changed everything. He ended up getting the Celtics, and he eventually – help the Celtics get Kyrie Irving because he was in that trade package. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, there's really – we should have an episode where we just, like – it's just a, it's just an Isaiah Thomas appreciation episode where we just talk about our favorite Isaiah Thomas moments and how much we love him because we can just go on forever about him. Yeah, we honestly could. We could. But um, moving on from Isaiah Thomas, now we're at my number one. My number one kind of ties into the Brooklyn trade. It was the Celtics getting the number one overall pick in the draft in 2017, which came the next day after game seven of that same series against the Wizards, Isaiah Tom- that Isaiah Thomas series where he had 53. That was game two. Game seven, there was a Kelly, Olenek, Kelly the Clinical Linick game where he dropped 26, it was. Celtics win game seven. Next day, Celtics got the number one overall pick. And just to give, like, a history of the draft, I'm pretty sure the year before, it was this year and the year before, I think it was the Timberwolves because they got the – I think it was the Timberwolves or – no, it was the Sixers. It was, like, no team – like, you're projected to get the number one overall pick, but, like, the percentages, it never works out. Like, you yep. can be projected to get the number one overall pick, but then you'll end up – you will you just would never end up with the number one overall pick. So, it's like you didn't even want to have the best chances. Celtics had the best chances of getting the number one overall pick, and they got it. Celtics traded the number one overall pick for number three, gave it to Philadelphia for the number three pick and a lottery pick. It was the Kings top one protected turned out to be Romeo Langford, but that pick turned out to be Jason Tatum. That is my number one moment uh, in the la- in my lifetime for the Celtics, because that pick right there, Jason Tatum is going to, is the future for the Boston Celtics. He's only been in Boston for three years, but we see the potential We've seen what this guy has done in the playoffs as a rookie, helping Boston, taking them to game seven of the East Conference Finals against the Cavs, had an off year, didn't, didn't step up that much next to Kyrie Irving, his second year in the league. That is understandable. People criticize him, saying he didn't make the jump, not what they were expecting. Comes out year three, averaging tw- nearly 24 points a game, proving that he can be the offensive leader on a championship contending team at the young age of 21, he's 22 now. He is the absolute – him and Jalen Brown are the future of the Boston Celtics. And you can argue that Jalen Brown should be right there next to him in that, in that um, number one slot. Those two picks just turned the Celtics franchise around. At the time, people booed Jalen Brown when they drafted him because they didn't think he was going to be that high of a pick. Boo. Boo, boo you. Boo people, you. Boo those people because – Danny Ainge saw something in Jalen Brown. He saw something in Jason Tatum that the Sixers or the Lakers didn't see. The fact that he fell down to number three. The Celtics would have taken him number one. They said that they would have taken him number one if the trade didn't work out, blah, blah, blah. They ended up finessing another pick out of it, which is Romeo Langford. I, I like Romeo Langford. I think, he can, I think he can be a nice little bench scorer in the future. He could be a nice trade chip. Who knows? But Danny Ainge... Once again, proving why he is one of the best GMs in the NBA. Just getting the player he wanted, trading down to get it. The Celtics got that number one overall pick, which just set them in that direction. Their future was set up after that draft, and the rest is history. I mean, the rest isn't history. 
They haven't won anything yet. You know, Tatum was a first-time All-Star this year, should make an All-NBA team, but the future is so bright for that kid. And he just – the sky's the limit. The sky's the limit. The, he can – the moon, the atmosphere, the stratosphere, the, the entire universe is the limit for this kid. There's just an endless amount of possibilities this kid can, can accomplish so much in his career. And I thank God every day that Jason Tatum is a Boston Celtic because, because of him – the Celtics are going to be in great hands for the next five, hopefully 10 years. I mean, he's going to sign his extension this offseason. We want him to be a Celtic for life. I mean, that's the goal. So shout out Jason Tatum. Shout out Danny Ainge. Um, a cornerstone. Well. Cornerstone. Him and Jalen Brown, man. Fire and ice. The Jays. We're so lucky. And that ties back into the Brooklyn trade. It's just, you know, Danny Ainge, he sees things that people – other people might not see. He does things that people might scratch their head at. A lot of people wouldn't have traded Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. He had the biggest set of balls, and he did it. He had the biggest Danny set of balls. Danny Big Nuts. Danny Big Nuts, Trader Danny. He ended up getting Jalen Brown when people didn't see anything in him. He traded down from the number one overall pick when a lot of people wanted Markel Fultz. I was high on Markel Fultz. I still think he has potential to be a great player. He just had a very unfortunate rough start to his career. A lot of people wanted Markel Fultz. People got – we got Tatum, and they were like, well, like, we don't need another forward. Like, we already got Jay Crowder. They signed Gordon Hayward. Like, we have Jalen Brown. Like, we don't need another forward. But guess what? This forward has ended up, ended up being a lot better than those guys. And, uh, yeah, that's just – that's it. I mean, what else can you say, man? You know what I mean? You can't say much else. You really got to watch and see. Got to watch and see. And it's going to be – it is going to be – a journey and I'm so excited to watch this kid's career uh, progress I can't wait to see him just keep getting better and better and like I said thank God that he's a Boston Celtic so mm-hmm. though those are our me and Ryan's top five Celtics moments of the last 20 years Ryan I, I loved your picks because we really I loved yours had, we really only had two of similar pick we only had the Brooklyn trade and the Isaiah Thomas 53 point game and not for nothing we only had one uh, the Brooklyn trade, we each had our number two. So the fact that we had different ones and they were kind of in different areas, uh, very impressive. Very nice. Very nice. Very, very nice. nice. Uh, so <laughs> that was awesome. That was a fun discussion. Um, I will probably put uh, tweet this out or put out an article or something because I want to hear what you guys, you know, what your top five moments are. I mean, we're relatively young, so these are kind of mostly all moments that we got to experience, um, see with our eyes, uh, live through. Um, so, yeah, fun discussion. Now let's talk a little bit of Celtics before we get going here. Um, Kemba Walker, uh, this Boston Celtics, uh, have been back practicing in the Orlando bubble, but Kemba Walker has been going through some knee soreness, same knee that's been bothering him, same knee that caused him to miss a handful of games in the second half of the season. Uh, he had a few months to recover to kind of, you know, heal up. Then he starts coming back, starts practicing. It's still bothering him. Uh, he is getting better. He is on a one-day, one-day-off schedule just so he, he, they can avoid any setbacks. He isn't, he's not going full speed with the rest of the team. Uh, Brad Stevens saying that he is getting better. He is starting to run more, doing a lot of running, starting to shoot more. Uh, he's reacting great. His knee feels good, which he's saying, um, which is obviously a great thing. And the Celtics, uh, Brad Stevens believes that uh, Walker will be available when they're playing games, which is in a little over a week. So we'll see what happens. I don't know, like, you know, if he'll be on a minutes restriction or whatnot. 
But uh, uh, to bring some optimism to Celtics fans, you know, obviously we don't want our max player, our starting point guard, to be dealing with an injury. The Celtics team, I feel like, bro, is just cursed with injuries. Like, they just are always dealing with someone being hurt, whether it's Gordon Hayward, Kyrie Irving had a knee injury. Um, it's just – it's always something. It's always something with Boston. Uh, Kemba Walker – was asked about it. He goes, I'm not really concerned much about the injury, honestly, because I think I'm trending upwards and I'm getting better and I'm getting closer to my return. I'm fine. I'll be back better than ever. So that's coming from Kemba Walker, which should bring optimism to Celtics fans. Um, Ryan, what are your thoughts on, you know, the entire situation with his knee? Uh, are you concerned with, um, you know, that this can affect the Celtics playoff run and everything? Because I mean, Without Kemba Walker, I mean, the Celtics can be great without him. They played without him towards the second half of the season. But, you know, for them to make a serious playoff run, they probably need, you know, cardiac Kemba in there. So what, what, are, your, what are your thoughts here, Ryan? I would be concerned, but I honestly think this is all just a hoax in order to set up teams so they don't prepare as well. Okay. And then we go on a smooth run and Kemba Walker comes out dropping like 29 a game on like eight assists and like you know a couple steals and we just mm -hmm. go off because Ennis Cantor said the other day everyone should be scared because we're healthy now yeah. so what makes you think that Kemba Walker's even hurt guys like come on no but seriously um I am sort of concerned because we're getting to that point now like hey you got to be ready and you got to be ready now like we need you like you're a huge uh, you're a huge factor to this team. So if you're going to be hurt, like that's going to be hurting our chances. I don't think it will carry over into the playoffs. I think it's smart if they just, you know, kind of go a little cautious with him during the regular season games, because even with the seating, if this Celtics team is legit, it won't even matter. So mm -hmm. if, if they can just keep him healthy, keep everyone healthy, keep everyone together. And they don't really, they that's another thing if they don't ride their own hype going into this thing you know like they have to be careful they don't get too confident because if they get too confident then you know the expectations are just going to be all out the window so they really just need to stick to who they are and Kemba Walker is who they are so if he can stay healthy then the team will do well yeah absolutely man I mean obviously there should be a little concern with what's going on I mean like I said, so your, your, your max player is dealing with a knee injury that's been bothering him for some time. I think some fans should cut him some slack. People are like, he had all this time to recover. Like, people are like, shame on the Celtics medical staff for not, like, doing anything about it. Staff. People have to keep in mind that we've been, you know, going through a pandemic. And, you know, the Celtics haven't been able to be together. He hasn't been able to see the medical staff. He hasn't been able to get treatment for it. It's just kind of been him just resting up and letting it heal on its own. He hasn't really been able to do much. Um, my personal thoughts, I think overall he's fine. What I do think the Celtics should do is have him go easy. I know Brad Stevens said that the team is expecting him to be ready for when the uh, games start. I think they should go very light with him during yep. the seeding games, regular season games. Because honestly, yeah, the Celtics are going to be fighting for that two seed. That's something that we want. In all honesty, the playoffs is when we really want everyone to be healthy. Those are the most important games. Go easy on Kemba Walker. I mean, obviously, I'm not around the team. I'm not a doctor. I don't know how serious it is. I mean, we, we hear these things, but, like, how serious is it actually? Um, I'd say maybe, you know, have him play a game, see how it feels, maybe give him a day off, give him a game off here and there. Just go easy on him. Give him a minute's restriction. Do something. 
Um, but I think the playoffs is when everything will be okay. I think he'll be fine for the playoffs. I think the team will go as far as Kemba Walker takes them. Like, yes, Jason Tatum is going to be the offensive leader, understandable. But they still need Kemba Walker because if they don't have Kemba Walker, they can only go so far. And if they have Kemba Walker, they can go as far as the finals. Like, that's just – and that's a reasonable reasonable expectation is that making it to Eastern Conference Finals. But, you know, this team has beaten all the top teams in the NBA except for the Houston Rockets, which I don't think we'll run into during the playoffs. Um, they've beaten the Raptors twice. They've beaten the Bucks once. And, you know, if they make it to the finals, anything could happen. If they play the Lakers, they've beaten them. They play the Clippers, they've beaten them. Kemba Walker is an essential part to this team, and his health is very important. So it's essential that they get him healthy for the playoffs. That's the most important time for him to be healthy because cardiac Kemba, he came to Boston to be in the playoffs every year. He came yep. to Boston to win championships, and that's mm-hmm. when we need him. We need Cardiac Kemba in the playoffs. He is ready to show that, you know, he is a born leader. He is someone that is born for the bright lights. He was never given a chance to really perform in the playoffs. He only made the playoffs twice in Charlotte in his eight years, and they got eliminated in the first round. That's not going to happen, but that's not the expectation in Boston. The expectation is championships. The expectation is greatness, and that is what Kemba Walker can bring to the table that's greatness and the hope is that he can help bring championships last thing we want to talk about this is actually something that's fairly new that got tweeted out um a little bit before we started recording uh celtics broadcaster and all-around franchise legend tommy hansen has been rehabbing at a facility a facility in woburn over the past few weeks after dealing with blood clotting with a blood clotting issue um tommy hansen you know He's getting there. He's getting there up in age. I mean, it's, it's a shame. I mean, he's just – he's been around the Celtics since 1956. He played for the Celtics from 1956 to 1965, coached the team from 1969 to 1978, and since then has been a color commentator with uh, Mike Gorman. He is just a part of our childhood. I mean, really, I mean, when we start watching Celtics, it's been Tommy Heinsohn and Mike Gorman calling the games. He's been just – he's a Celtics legend. He's a Boston legend. Everyone loves Tommy. I miss, I miss Isaiah Thomas a lot, especially in Boston, too, because I, I miss Tommy Hyatson always calling him the little guy. The little guy. Like, just like him, just the way he talks, the way he just goes, he just rips on the refs when they make bogus calls. Like, he was I love such, it. He's such an icon. And, you know, we're just, uh, me and Ryan, we, uh, you can say your, your piece, too, but I'm just – Praying, you know, Tommy Hansen has been recovering for the past few weeks, so that's good. Um, but, you know, we're praying for a full recovery. 2020 has been a absolute shit show of a year as it is. They can't take Tommy Hansen from us. It just nope. can't happen. Um, so prayers to Tommy. Uh, we're, we want to see him recover. We want to see him back to full health because we want him to be a part of the Celtics championship, multiple championship runs going forward. We want him to be around when the Celtics eventually do bring another championship to Boston because he's been around the franchise for so long. He deserves to be one of the guys that gets to enjoy and relish um, the Celtics winning another championship. Tommy Heinsohn, by the way, could become one of the few. I think he might be the first person ever he could be to be selected into the Hall of Fame for three different categories, which would be player, which would be coach, Uh And which he was the fourth person 
back in 2015 to be enshrined into the Hall of Fame as that and as a commentator. So he could be enshrined into the NBA Hall of Fame for that also. So his legacy is incredible. He's been around forever. You know, he's the heart of the Boston Celtics, really, one of the hearts of the Boston Celtics. So it would be a shame to see 2020 do anything more harmful than it has, honestly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So prayers to Tommy. I mean, we're, we expect the guys, the guys is tough. He's a bull. Guys is tough as nails. We expect him to make a full recovery and back um, doing what he loves sooner or later. I want to bring up a topic to you real quick okay. before we end this. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> um, no, 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 it's good. So okay. Adam Taylor um, from Celtics blog, I saw him tweet the other day, brought up a great point, and it was a question. And this was something I was thinking about already, so it was kind of funny that I saw him tweet it. But he was saying he's like 80% confidence that we are going to see a shooting wonder class from Carson Edwards in the playoffs and, you know, in the restart. And, you know, I really agreed with him because I think Carson Edwards – was trying to solidify the hype that he came into the season with. You know, being a rookie, he was supposed to be the scorer off the bench. You know, he had high praise, high expectations. So I think he really came out hot thinking, you know, hey, everyone's expecting me to do well, so I really got to do well. He had an underwhelming season, to say the least, for what he was supposed to be. But a factor that I think is going to come into this is no fans being at the games. I think it's just going to be like any other, you know, pickup game to him. And he can just really ball out and not really have to live up to the expect expectations of the fans that will be there and everyone. So one player that we have not really discussed that I really will think could come out and be a factor for the bench, which we have been saying all this time has been a problem, is Carson Edwards. And I wouldn't be shocked if we see something from him. Yeah, I mean, you have to think about the environment that we're in, no home crowd, no away crowd, no real pressure, really. It's just kind of like, I mean, we'll see when it happens, but we're kind of uh, imagining these games being like a game of pickup, just kind of like, you know, just going out there and just balling, just playing basketball. Carson Edwards, yeah. I mean, he had an underwhelming season. He only shot like 31% from three. He was an absolute flamethrower. He had an absolute flamethrower of an arm in college. Uh, He had like – NCAA records for like yep. threes hit and all this stuff. Preseason game against the Cavs, he had like eight threes in one quarter. Like he had a pretty good year in the G League, but when he was when he got minutes on the main roster, didn't really uh, play up to the standards that a lot of people expect him to. And I, I will say myself, you know, I was a little let down with what his game because I was expecting him to be someone that could come off the bench and be a a very valuable score. And that's something the Celtics really needed this year was a valuable score. So that is someone that could benefit from, you know, the whole bubble, the whole being not playing in front of fans, just kind of going out there and doing your thing that could very much benefit Carson Edwards. And I hope Adam's right. Uh, Shout out Adam Taylor. I really hope he's right that Carson Edwards will be able to put on a show. Hopefully he has strong showings during the regular season. And maybe that'll lead to him getting minutes in the playoffs. And, you know, because if, if the guy gets hot, you want to ride the hot hand. And we'll, if it goes into the playoffs, that'll do nothing but help the Celtics. So yep. I hope Carson Edwards, he can be an X factor. That's someone that really could. A guy that could come off the bench and put up, uh, you know, a good amount of points. You start draining threes. He can be in those three-point lineups when the team needs a bucket, throw him in there. 
that would be that would be clutch. So yeah, uh, hopefully that could happen. Yep. I hope it does. I hope it does. I'm a big Carson Edwards guy. I think he has potential. I still think he can do a lot of great things in the league. He's just he maybe he just needs a little bit more time than what we uh, imagined. But you know, we'll see what happens. The season starts in a little over a week. Uh, just just can't wait, man. Just can't wait to watch this team actually play, get back out there, and prove people wrong. Just being the Boston Celtics being the team that we all love and hopefully lead us to a championship. Who knows yep. what will happen? Anything could happen in this, in this, uh, especially this playoff. Anything run. is possible. Anything is possible. Oh. Shout out Kevin Garnett. Shout out the big three. Shout out uh, Paul Pierce. Shout out Rajon Rondo. Shout out Isaiah Thomas. Shout out all the guys that we mentioned this episode. Shout Thank you guys. Shout out to all the homies. Shout out to everyone that listened to this episode. Chasing Banners, Episode 9. We appreciate all of you for checking in, listening to us uh, after taking a week off. We are back. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow the podcast account at Chasing Banners. You can also follow me on Twitter at Dante on Deck there. You'll find the at the Twitter account for Chasing Banners. You'll find the Twitter account for our other podcast, Hoops Caviar. Um, on Twitter, you know, there I'm going to be posting Celtics content articles, other podcasts, um, video content, everything. Once the season comes back, we're going to be rolling with more things to talk about. Ryan, tell, tell the wonderful, beautiful listeners where they can find you. The wonderful, beautiful listeners can find me at 401Sheen on Twitter. That is where we will post the links to Jason Banners, Hoops Caviar, and I also have my own podcast called Sheen's World, which I just made an Instagram for, Dante. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, yeah, it's... I have to give you the follow for that. Oh, sweet. Thank you. Appreciate that. It is called Sheehan's World Pod. Uh, that is where I'll be posting a bunch of stuff for the podcast and just, you know, putting on takes and everything like that. And, uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. So thank you very much, everybody, to listening to Chasing Banners, the Rajon Rondo episode. Shout, Shout out, out, Rajon. Shout out, Rondo. And uh, go Celtics, baby. Till next time. Go Celtics, guys. Much love. Much love. Much love.